day and welcome to Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, of the food they're putting up. Today's chat is with Dan at Hotel Argentina in Williamstown. When I walk into the restaurant, Dan greets me with a kiss on the cheek. That's how we say hello in Argentina, he says. Oh, I love it. After our chat, I'm treated to a delicious array of dishes from the new menu, inspired by the food he grew up with in Argentina. He tells the table that what he's bringing out, his mother-in-law Rose's pickled eggplant, grilled meats and octopus with house-made chimichurri, baby corn dogs, zucchini flour stuffed with blues from a crab, grilled veal tongue with white anchovies, would be par for the course at Sunday lunch in an Argentinian family. He explains that it's all about lots of food on the table for everyone to share, and that Sunday lunch can last for hours as everyone eats and talks and spends time together. Sitting at the long table upstairs, eating delicious food as the sun was setting, it felt lovely to be part of that tradition. Okay, so Dan, let's start off with uh, when you started as a chef. Did you, was it something you always knew you wanted to do? Um, yeah, I studied industrial design. Wow, That was okay. a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I always loved cooking, yeah. always. Um, my grandfather used to have a kind of a little restaurant, not a restaurant as such, but he used to have a, something that we call rotisserie in Argentina, which is uh, a place we can buy a lot of cooked meals yeah. and kind of a laminute stuff, right? And my mom is a fantastic cook. So I went to high school, studied industrial design, but I always wanted to be, you know, into food. So when I was studying industrial design, I decided let's give it a go and just do a couple of shift in a local restaurant, which was really, really busy. And I knocked into the door and I said, can I, can I get in? And they go like, no. So I get next week, can I get in? No. And I said, look, I can do it for free. I really want to do it for free. And they go, yeah, no worries, come on in. <laughs> so I was there for uh, two days a week yeah. and two days began three days a week. And I was pretty much studying, um, you know, I was in high school and it was getting really to a point that I couldn't really do two things at the same time. So what were you doing in the kitchen there? Just prep or prep yeah. and you know loving it to be honest. You know, just doing everything from from peeling potatoes to cooking to and they let they let me do everything. Um, so after I finished high school, I decided my dad was now oh, you need to go to university, and I'm like I want to go to university. So I decided to join cooking school, but I thought I have a picture with my mom, and we said right, if you want to go to cooking school, it has to be the best cooking school, otherwise. It's not, it's not a war. <laughs> so I managed to get into the best cooking school in Argentina, mm. which used to have a, a waiting list to get in, and you have to go through all the process to actually be able to be accepted to get okay. in. Okay, what's it called? It's called the Boy Trainers. And it used to be the only school at that time that gives you a national certificate. Okay. All the other ones used to be cooking schools, but you didn't get a certificate that was certified by the government. Yeah. This was the only one. So with this one, I could clearly go all, all around the world because it was certified. So I decided to do that and that was, you know, the beginning. So yeah. it was great. And so is that classical training? French classic French training. training. So it's a Swiss school, uh, classical French training. Okay. So all done in French, uh, yeah, wow. French techniques and everything else. And how long does it take? Two years. Two years. Okay. So it's two years, but uh, the way it works in Argentina is you go once a week to school, and then you need to do another 40 hours on the kitchens. Okay. Minimum. Yeah. So that's how it used to be at home. And were the kitchens in Argentina, because a lot of the chefs I speak to have come up through 
sort of quite old school kitchens yeah. and I mean obviously it's changing now but with um, shouty chefs and the yeah. hierarchy and so on what were the kitchens like well, in Argentina? Uh, it all depends where you wanted to go. Like the, the lucky that I had when I was working, uh, studying at the Bochrenio was that the school was so connected with all the major restaurants and hotels in Argentina, you could pick the top ones. So uh, it'd be equivalent if I wanted to, you know, start studying now and I go, I really want to go and work at Attica or Abu Yeah. And the school we have a connection. We go right, one student per year can go and, and work there. So we saw the same thing. So at that time, I did some time at Claridge's, I worked for Gate Gourmet, and then I did a stint at Hyatt. At that time, Hyatt used to be the best hotel in Argentina. It used to be insane. It used to be, uh, they used to have like a big hotel in the back. You used to have a place called The Mansion. Um, they used to have like a three-hat restaurant and, and the whole thing. So my dream was to go and work there. Yeah. So I did three months there, and then after I left, they asked me if I wanted to stay as a paid as a paid chef for all year so I stayed there for an extra year which was great um, it was good fun yeah like a lot like again like you, you have two French chefs that used to be the head chefs at George Mann so three Michelin stars and the level was a different level so the jerky was like you know your chef your sous chef your demi chefs your commies your a big brigade so and what, was, what level did you get to in that I year? was an apprentice at the time yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so start yeah, from well. zero yeah and what is it that you that you loved about the kitchen? Well, what is the thing? I think, I think it's uh, it's very hard to describe how, how you what you what you love about this. I think it's the the knowing of the unknown. You know, it's like you, you don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Okay. You, you, your, your day can go in so many directions. You cannot plan the day. It's not a different job that you you can plan. Okay, I need to achieve this by this time. And here, you you may want to have that structure. But it can swing in so many directions even before you reach a point. So that's what I love the most is, is the adrenaline and the, the excitement that gets you just not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, be able to solve problems as it comes. Yes. And, and that's what I think it's what keeps us all, you know, entertained in this, in this industry. It's like, yeah. You know, that's why I was just thinking lately that it must be hard when you get to the position of head chef when you've worked really hard to get there and you've created the menu and they're your dishes and so on yeah. and, and you don't know what's going to happen but you've got a whole lot of other people who are kind of looking to you but it's your food and you want it to be the standard. That yeah. must be really well, you have to, a balance. The, the, the good thing is that you need, to, you need to be one of them and you need to work with them all the time. You can't just delegate and expect to happen. So... The way that we work, the way that I work in the kitchen, is, uh, is I'm one of them. So I jump in and I do service and I do a section and I do exactly as, as if I was one more in the kitchen. Of course it comes to days that you have to run it in different ways, but mainly, you know, I give chances to my sushas and I have to run the kitchen and I jump in and, and cook just so they can have a chance to actually be able to grow and just to call the dockets and to manage and to, and to all that. Well, I can be on the other side just making sure everything is going the way I want it to go. And then once you develop that relationship and they understand what you like, then it's easy because then you go, I really want to do this. Let's give it a go. And then we try it and everyone tastes it and go, yeah, you know, yeah. it's good. And then we can keep going. So I can go knowing that everything is, is okay. Yeah, nice. You know, I can be, I can be, you know, a little bit of peace of mind knowing that everything is the way that we want it to do. Yeah. Is this your first here, No. No, many, 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 oh, many really? before. Oh, so. okay. So, uh, so you're an apprentice at... So that was a high. That was in 1997. Are you for real? You look. You look I'm very 40, young. I'm 41. No. Yeah. Oh wow. So that was in 1997. <laughs> uh, after that, in 2000, I moved to London, 
I worked under Peter Kronberg at the Intercontinental in London, um, which was fantastic. I worked there for almost a year and a half, almost two years, and then I moved and worked in cruise lines for a year. And then I ended up here working at Sofidel. So I, brought, I was brought here to work at Sofidel, the restaurant, when it used to be Three yeah. Hats. When did you come here? 2002. Oh, okay. So I worked with Marcus Moore and you know, uh, Andy North, was there. Stephen Smith used to be the head chef, and then Stuart McVeigh and all those. Um, and I did two years at Sofidel, and then we were going to leave. But then there was an opportunity to go to Crown, so I went to Crown and I took over the head chef at number eight at that time. Yeah. So that was 2003 to 2005. Then I opened Le Boucherie Parisienne in, in Turak with Philippe Ron. Oh, okay. So we opened that and after that I was the head chef at Oyster Little Berg. Back when you know, we used to have one hat, we used to go for two hats. Um, after that, I moved to Albert Park Hotel. Okay. Moved to Live Aid after that. Then I worked for Gary Megan for the last six years, seven years. I was uh, executive chef at Phoenix. Oh, I live across the road yeah. from here. <laughs> I was there. And then I went to. What else were I went to. Collins Square. I was at Collins Square as well uh, for a couple of complex. And then. George asked me to take over Brunswick, so I took over Brunswick and then I left because I wanted to open my own thing. Yeah. And then with all the with all the problems in the industry, it's uh, it's a big risk and it's a lot of money to invest with Is something, something that... Argentinian or...? No, we, we had a different concept. Um, a lot to do with grill and fire, but not as Argentinian as such. Um, but everyone keeps saying to me, you know, you should be doing something with your, with your culture and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And then George said to me, come over, take, take over Williamstown and last year. And he goes, come over and then we will see where it takes. And then we, we came here and then we, we little test the water, see how it's going to go and everything looked all right. So we thought, all right, let's do it. Yeah. So here we are now. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's good Perfect. fun, you know. So are you able to apply, um, and I'm not saying that Argentinian food doesn't have classical techniques, but I imagine the techniques are quite different to perhaps the French Things, the problem is that the thing is people think that Argentinian food is rustic. Yeah, it's it's more like a, a nor, northern or southern America, like you know Colombian or Brazilian or Peruvian. Yeah. But I'm from Buenos Aires, and Buenos Aires is half Italian, half Spanish. Okay. So okay. the techniques are European. The food sure. is Mediterranean. Okay. The only thing that we do is just change ingredients. So the adaptation to whatever we're doing in Greek cuisine to what we're doing now is pretty smooth okay so it's the techniques are the same so the way of the cook is, is pretty much the same yeah it's just different flavors big flavors so, that's, so that's what, are the, what are the main flavors meat there's a lot of meat a lot of offal oh. um, and the actual spices that we use and you know a lot of coriander a lot of cumin seeds um, a lot of vinegar pickles and stuff like that so but it's mainly all the same yeah you know yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Is there a lot of seafood or not? Yeah, it's a lot of yeah. seafood. It all depends where the regions yeah, are. Okay. So in the south of Argentina, you have a lot of seafood. In the north, you got meat. In the middle, which is Buenos Aires, it's just plain, so it's meat, meat yeah. based. And are you doing offal here? Yeah. Ooh. So we got uh, sweetbreads, we got tang, we got black pudding. Um, we wanted to put a little bit more later on, but you know, at the beginning, we start with this and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. How long has it been open here? A week. A week, yeah. And what's it been so far? Good. 
great feedback from all the guests. Yeah. Um, it's been uh, very interesting to see, but people are really, really happy. Happy with the change. The food is very honest, uh, and it's what I like to cook. So it's very different when you're actually cooking something that you really feel connected to. Yes. Uh, rather than something that is you kind of know, but it's not in your roots. So yeah. this is for me is different. You know, I know I grew up with this, so I know what I'm looking for. I know the taste that I want, uh, and I try to show them what I want and that's, uh, that's a little hard part because for me it could be very nice but for them it's maybe very sweet um, yeah, so yeah, things okay, about, you know. and how did you how do you go with kind of all of that that knowledge and then how do you distill that into your first menu here um, first of all you I've been here almost 18 years yeah so the first thing you look is what people eat yeah and you know you can you can put anything on the menu. I can put like, you know, pig feet if I wanted to, but I'm not gonna sell it. So you need to be realistic that as much as, as much as we are doing a menu that is inspired to our childhood and what we love and everything else, we're running a business at the same time. So we need to be logical on how to apply what we know to what people are gonna eat it or not. So there's a couple of risks that we take in putting sweetbreads and putting tang, but we know that there are risk that once you try them we may be able to change you some of the things like chinchulin which is like a, a, a pig's uh, intestine that we love in Argentina no one is going to buy them because you need to be brought up with that to yeah. eat it okay? or other or things like that you know if you don't eat it if you don't grow up with that here we go that's not nice so we are very conscious of things that are going to sell and are going to sell so yeah but yeah, that's that's how we that's how we write the menu. Yeah. You know? Thinking of of the guests as well. Like you know, I don't want to scare anyone. And, and when we write the menu, we started writing a lot of things in Spanish, and then we go, you know, this is gonna be too hard. Yeah. It's, it's gonna end up with a glossary that long, and is it worth it? Or maybe we tweak it and we make sure that it's you know easy to read and people can actually feel connection with the dishes so that's what we end up doing and what's the ideal experience for diners is it to share on a table that's the thing that we like the menu when, when you see the menu it's a big menu yeah and the idea is that you can take it the way direction that you want to. okay you can the idea is that you can share all the little entries and then you can have your own meat or you can share the meat um but you can go either i just want to have a little piece of fish and a salad or i can i want to have 10 different courses it's entirely up to the guests how you're gonna eat it, how long you wanna spend here, and that's how we eat in Argentina. We keep asking for more things and more things and more things. So yeah. this is how we, when we design the menu. Uh, I'm a, I believe that you have to give a lot of choices for people to actually come. You know, if you limited your menu to certain amount of dishes, then you feel obliged to. I wanna. Ah, oh, I'm gonna have this one because. I don't know what to choose, I just want to choose this. So when we design the menus, I, I want to have a lot of things. So people go, I really want to have this one, but I really want to have this one. I'm going to have to come back because I really yeah. want to have this one. So that's when, that's the best. when we design the things. Yeah. So, yeah, nice. Great, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you very much. You've been listening to Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty, and thank you so much for joining me today. If you'd like to read the full transcript of the conversation, you can go to www.conversationwithachef.com 
or follow me on Instagram so you'll always be up to date with the latest conversation.